welcome to the 33rd episode of the Skills Factory. Talks and ideas about skills from Europe and beyond. Today, we bring you the remarkable story of a learner from Zimbabwe who took his education into his own hands to pursue his dreams. Let me introduce you our guest speaker for this episode, Elimon Dinguiza. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Fine, thanks for joining us today. Formal education is becoming increasingly irrelevant for the young people. True or false? False. Our current education system inspires and empowers students to turn their dreams into reality. True or false? Absolutely false. Would you say that your school fostered your dream of building your own car? True. Hmm, there's a bit of controversy there. <laughs> you know, if I hadn't gone to school at all, I would have never known that there is so much more than school. And so it's like getting introduced to a really bad person to discover what a good person looks like. So Elimon, could you tell us your story? Where are you from and what was your educational journey? Okay, my name is Elimon. I'm from Zimbabwe. I was born in and raised in Zimbabwe in a city called Gweru. And um, it's a central city, so a high elevation. It's quite cold in the winter, but we complain at like 10 degrees. That is too cold. And nonetheless, um, I am the second born of uh, four kids. I have an older sister and I have two younger sisters, making me the only boy. It was interesting. I enjoyed my solitude. I had a lot of time to play, you know, video games or I had to play football with myself because I was the only boy. But um, I wouldn't change it anymore. And perhaps when I was younger, I wanted someone to play with. But the the the, the plus side of that was I was able to spend a lot of time thinking about quite literally anything. And so my imagination developed a lot more having been an only boy. And I realize now that without my imagination, I'd be a very different person. So how your education started? From when I was really young, before I could speak, I used to pick things up and pretend it was a steering wheel of a car. You know, I, I started speaking quite late, but that doesn't change the fact that when I was still really young, before I turned two years old, I wanted to drive. And I had this great passion to, you know, to know about all things motoring. And eventually I got old enough to go to school. I went to a primary school and after the primary school, it's called Midlands Christian School. And it was, it was a private school in Zimbabwe. How it works is that there are lots of public schools and some of them are quite good, but private schools offer a completely different experience because of smaller classrooms and, you know, more intimacy with the teachers, more awareness. My parents sent me to a private school. And um, after I finished that, I went to a high school. This one was a boarding school. After I finished there, I dropped out of school entirely and finished my school at home. At what age did you drop out of school? The age where I turned 17. Why of this decision? Why you decided to leave the school? Having been to many high schools, what I had recognized from the age of 14, when I first had to switch high schools, was that no matter how much you pay, the content you learn is the same. 
in my head, I figured if I don't know what everybody else knows, but I know something else, something different, then I'm of more value to the world because then I offer an experience that nobody else can provide. In a nutshell, he decided to leave the school because he wanted to get content that would not be taught in school. Yes. But how do you do that? You need to go through an exam. You have to get your diploma first. Oh, well, but here's the thing. With schools in Zimbabwe, or at least I guess anywhere, is that you can register as an external student and write your international exams, even if you weren't attending the school, because what matters is your ability to write and pass, as opposed to which school you attend. It's quite risky, no, to let the schooling system behind and go towards something you don't know and you don't know whether you will be able to comply with the requirements. Was it scary? It was scary when I was 14 because that's when I first decided I want to drop out of school. And I didn't do it until the year when I was going to turn 17 because of that fear. But um, I wrote my GCSEs and I finished in high school and I was not a good student Meaning I, I didn't write notes. I didn't do any homework. I was constantly in trouble with my teachers for that. But when it came time for the exams, I did better than most people in my class. And in the, the subjects I loved most, I did far better than anyone in my class. And I started to realize that there's a problem. If I don't pay much attention to following the school curriculum so well, but I'm still able to do well, it means that the amount of information and the complexity of the information that they give us is not adequate. And I don't mean just for me as a singular student, but I mean in general, um, because there were so many students that would ask further questions and the teacher would simply respond with, oh, you don't need to know that it's not in the syllabus. And nothing infuriated me more. Did you get a reaction from teachers when you told them that you will drop out? I didn't tell them. <laughs> oh, Okay. Your decision, you decided you didn't get a chance to talk to them. How it works is that after you finish your GCSEs, you leave, you wait for the results to come out. And in the period that you're waiting for results to come out, you can make applications to a new school or the same one. It doesn't matter. So when I got my results, I simply didn't return to school. Oh, wow. I went there and I collected my results and I got the congratulations and everything. And I just never returned. Did you feel a relief? I felt free, definitely. But did you have any mentor or role model influencing you, like someone else who would be a dropout and who would decide to study by their own? My father. He didn't drop out of school um, because he wanted to. In fact, he spent uh, a few years not going to school because there was a war in my country, the independence struggle. My dad was 10 years old. And then eventually he returned to school and he went to university and then he graduated. But when I told my dad, age 14, that I want to drop out of school, he said, go for it. And it took me two years to muster up the courage to do it. But when I eventually did it, my dad said, it took you long enough. <laughs> <laughs> my mother, on the other hand, she, she was freaking out. Oh, no, what are you going to do? So in order to prove my mom wrong, I told my mom, OK, A-levels take two years. But in, to ensure that I'm not going to waste the next two years, I will do my two-year A-level course in one year. I will write the final exams at the end of this year. And if I haven't done well, I can always return to school and I can pick everything up from the beginning. 
Elewon, do you think there is a like big elephant in the room that usually is, is not discussed about our education system, that it doesn't feed all the kids in the right way? And some kids, like yourself, decide to rather go and study themselves. Do you think it's a global issue of education or do you think you are an exception? I always like to say that if you take a kid who does not like mathematics and you put that kid in a room full of students that don't like mathematics, they will all collectively perform worse because they all agree that they don't like mathematics. And in my case, I feel I was one of the students that had a lot of curiosity. And I had a couple of friends that were like me, but in all honesty, quite a lot of them were not. If we were all in one classroom, which had an equal balance of curious and non-curious students, I felt very challenged in a good way because I was surrounded in a, a classroom with students that would ask questions um, and would require further learning students that knew something, that had an interest in something. And so instead of me constantly explaining things that I've read, I, I had other friends helping me there. And, you know, this is the one thing the school system, I feel, has done right, that um, it unites a bunch of kids from different backgrounds in the same classroom. And it doesn't do it well all the time, but it's the one thing that I say is done well. What happened after high school? I began learning in a way that was self-guided, which made it very difficult to know exactly what I should learn. But at the same time, as a 16-year-old kid, I couldn't care less what was in the syllabus. And what happened next? Oh, and then I applied to come to university. So this is very important. When I was young, my love for cars, it it was just initially... When I got the chance to interact with a car here and there, I would stop in the streets and look at one for a little bit longer than others. And I would, you know, listen to the, the engines revving if if there was one, if we were, you know, somewhere. But as I grew older, specifically when I got to age 12, I bought the January 2012 edition of Car Mag South Africa. <laughs> and that was where a huge journey began and I wouldn't like to think of it as a journey really because I don't think I'm trying to get anywhere it's more um I asked my parents to buy me one car magazine and I now have 350 perhaps more than that but what is your dream I never dreamt of building a car initially my dream was to do something amazing it wasn't very specific when I was 14 I thought something amazing would be uh, Formula One. I wanted to be a Formula One driver. Uh, when I was 17, I thought something amazing would be starting a company. Um, I'm 23 now, and I think something amazing is absolute and complete mastery in a field of my choosing. I realized that all those dreams in the past have not died, but they've just taken a different form. At age 20, I began thinking in the middle of lockdown, in the middle of a very intense depression, what if I built my own car? And since then, it's been a developing idea in my head. I now have a couple of sketches and ideas of what to do with a clutch, what to do with the traction control. And um, I'm now seeking my growth uh, in terms of skills so that I can actually 
build this. It should never be something that I build to make money because I, I, I believe I'd be better at making money with other things than with cars. When it comes to cars, I'm more of a stubborn artist. I couldn't care less what's commercially viable. I want to do what's in my heart. And now you're doing your third year of university? Yes. And how is it going with the university? So still after dropping out from school, you decided to continue your education, even if, from what you told us, the self-driven uh, learning was excellent for you. But you decided to go more again to the formal system. Why? I didn't know any other way to get where I wanted to go. If I had had an investor that was willing to give me a lot of time and a little bit of money, I feel age 18 when I finished high school, I would have started a company right there and then. I had many, many ideas, some of which have already been developed by some companies, which makes me feel somewhat sad that somebody has taken my idea in air quotes. But it's also an approval in a way. Exactly. No? It's also approval that, oh, somebody else is thinking what I'm thinking and it's working for them. So I must not be too far off. I decided the best way for me to get where I want to go is to get to university. And in the time that I'm in university, find a way to unlock enough opportunities that allow me to circumvent this idea of, you know, school, university, degree, job and then spend the rest of my life dreaming about what I should have done. Yeah. How much actually do you rely on university and how much you do by yourself? I have not gone to a university lecture in about six to seven months at this point. I do go from time to time to understand the structure of the exam because they explain it only in the beginning. And I go to make friends. And after that, that's it. So for the rest, it's self-organized learning anyway. Uh, yes, it's. I tried to go to lectures. I really did. And I grew to hate the school quite strongly because I started to realize that it's. they don't necessarily even care that I've understood. It's this is what you need to know to pass the exam. So you go there just to do the exam and then the rest of the learning is on your shoulders, correct? Yes. Elimon, imagine you have a magic wand and you can change only one thing in education, either university or, or school. What would that be? I would put the exam before the, the semester starts. So um, if I choose to do, say, fundamentals of strength of materials as I take up this class, then my first lesson is an exam of fundamentals of strength of materials. At this point, I'm not expected to know much and the exam is not going to ask me based on what I'm expected to know, but it will ask me based on what I should be curious to learn. So that's not actually an exam then, because an exam by definition is something to check your existing knowledge and skills. And what you say is more kind of a, a survey to understand the interests of, of students. Well, more like to create a framework of curiosity that guides you along the way. So if I walk into um, my first day of uh, fundamentals of strength of materials, I would like first to learn everything that this course is going to teach me. But it asks me in a way that 
sheds light on how much I don't know. So instead of I walk in and they're telling us, oh, this is stress, this is strain, and this is how material break, I have no idea what they're talking about. And for the most part, I couldn't care less. But if I walked into the first day of lectures and the question was, how do you know that a bridge is going to stand for a given amount of years after it's been constructed? Uh, how do the engineers make it work? Or perhaps they they give you a very simple thing, um, a, a material, a sheet of metal, and they place a load on it and they say, um, how much load can this carry, given that this is the material and this is the thickness? Then I become curious, but okay, fine, how do I find exactly how strong this piece of metal is? How much load can it actually carry? What does that mean if I have a different material um, what is the formula that calculates the stuff look like? I began this this process of, you know, curiosity and self-discovery. And there could be an exam that comes afterwards, but the exam in the beginning is very important to me, at least, because I feel we learn a lot better when the pressure of a Lumi exam is gone. I studied math a lot better when I failed. What message do you have to a young person listening to us right now and this person might be a bit demotivated about education or school without vision and without any idea about what's happening, what's going to happen in the future. What would you say to this person? I'd like to first tell them that, listen, if something feels daunting to learn or if something feels uninteresting, then it's only because of the angle you're looking at it. The more you do that, the more you start to realize that there is no certification that any institution can give you that means anything to you, that means anything in the world that matters. My degree, even if I graduate with everything, 110, if they give me a factory and say, I need you to build a car, can I do it? And that's all that matters. Whatever it is that you learn, Learn it without restricting yourself and learn it realizing that it's an entire universe on its own and only humans are the ones that limit it. Have you ever regretted of leaving the school? The only thing I regretted was not leaving school sooner. But I have to say one last thing. I, I believe that we must see things with a broad enough perspective so as not to seem radical and unrelatable. It's not practical for me to, 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 to say that dropping out of school is the best thing ever, because for most people, that's not even an option. And I completely understand. I'm in school right now and I would love to drop out, but I can't. So it's not so much about whether or not you drop out. It's a very eccentric thing to do, but I recommend more that if there is something you want to learn, learn it outside of the institution. Yeah. If there's something that you want to do, do it outside of the requirement to do it. That way you can discover the full extent of what it is that you want to learn. And I regret not doing that before I dropped out of school. Elimon, we have a tradition in our podcast. We ask ChatGPT to formulate one question to all of our guest speakers. And here is what ChatGPT would like to ask you. Do you think education system with this emphasis on standardized testing, tends to discourage creativity and innovation among students. I think it encourages memorization and the focus on standardized testing 
so much more than it does the knowledge that the standardized testing is trying to test for. And so the negative effect of that is that it eventually, as as a side effect, discourages the creativity, but it doesn't aim to discourage the creativity, I think. I was still quite creative and I was given so much freedom to be creative within school. It's just nobody asked me to do it. So I had no no incentive to do it. I would like to thank our amazing speaker for this conversation. Thanks a lot, Elimon, for sharing your very interesting story of a dropout, successful student in engineering. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And thanks to all of you, our listeners, and stay tuned as there is much more to come. Goodbye.